this year we get to celebrate a pretty good fourth week of Advent. It's almost a complete week long. Yeah, this is nice. We don't always get to do that. So we're going to soak this in. So the since Christmas is on a Saturday yeah. and the fourth Sunday is the Sunday before that. Wait, the fourth Sunday is on Sunday? Yeah. Get out of town. Yes, it <laughs> happens every so often. It's crazy. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. Hello. I was telling Father Herb, I <laughs> I heard the best review of the 23 Podcast the other day. and Oh, com- uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's great. Uh, the comment was, it's just tolerable enough. I, <laughs> I thought... That could, we should make T-shirts. It was just that. tolerable enough <laughs> to listen to while he's running. Just tolerable enough. The twenty-three podcast. <laughs> so, welcome to the most tolerable twenty-three minutes of your week. It's good to be with all of you. Not the most tolerable. The least ju- tolerable. The least. Just just, just tolerable, tolerable enough <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> it's good to be with all of you, and uh, here we are getting ready for the last week of Advent. And of course, everybody will say, "I can't believe it's the last week of Advent." But I can't believe it's the last week of Advent. It's going to happen. It happens every year. So just get over it, and let's get ready to move on to Christmas. Okay, let me give it a little... Was that too blunt? Yeah, yeah, um, it I, is. I, but, I apologize. But we're not going to move on yet. We're going to celebrate the last Sunday of Advent. I think we should. Which is on a Sunday. Actually, I'll tell you what. This The psalm this week is one of my favorite texts. Lord, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. Isn't that oh, beautiful? I, I love that, yeah. Yeah, we should sing that. We will. All right. Now, I'd like to just uh, recap. Yeah. The first Sunday, we went forward to the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The second and third Sunday, we went backwards to Jesus coming on the scene as an adult. That would have been fun if you would have walked backwards down the aisle just to illustrate right, how sure. backwards it was. And then, But we did not see Jesus himself. We saw John the Baptist announcing. Yeah. Now this week we go back 30 years before that to the birth of Jesus. Actually, it's pre-birth. Yeah, I was going to say he's not. Wait, see, you're jumping to Christmas now. We got another week. Well, to go. I just miss misspoke. Oh, <laughs> now I'm I'm also looking at the feast we just celebrated of the Immaculate Conception of Mary, because on December eighth. Yeah. And the gospel for the de- for that uh, December eighth, the gospel is Luke chapter one. Yes. Verses twenty six. To 38. And this week is chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. So it so picks up. It picks right up. After so that. Uh, both of those are passages in chapter 1 after Mary has been told, well, the first part for Immaculate Conception, Mary has been told by the angel she is going to give birth. Sure. And then this week we pick up on that after Mary hears that she's going to give birth, she also hears that her cousin Elizabeth Mm -hmm. is in her sixth month. She's going on a trip. And Elizabeth, of course, is the mother of John the Baptist. So it's in other words, so if this were like a TV show or a movie, this would be a flashback. Sure. 30 years earlier. Yeah. Sequentially. Yeah. This is, this is like the, the, this is us of gospels where there's many timelines going on here. Just follow along. Actually, that's well said. Oh, I'm amazed. You sound it's, very surprised. Well, by that. it's it's just barely tolerable, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> so this week she's gone on a trip to visit Elizabeth. So I think I'm going to read it. Are Please. you okay with that? I would be happy for you too. Chapter one of Luke, verses thirty-nine to forty-five. Mary set out 
and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, a little bit of geography. These two women were cousins. We don't know how close they were cousin. Elizabeth was definitely older than Mary. Mm-hmm. So it, first cousin, maybe, but maybe even more distant at, than that. Okay. Mary lived in the north section. She was in Galilee. Nazareth was her home. Elizabeth lived uh, in Judah, not far from Jerusalem, because her husband was a priest in the temple. So he had to live closer to Jerusalem so he could get to the temple. That was Zechariah? That was Zechariah. So they probably didn't see each other all that often. Mm-hmm. They, I'm sure they FaceTimed once in a while. But, <laughs> but other than that, they just probably... Obviously, that's what happened. They didn't have the Pony Express. They didn't have the U.S. mail. Elizabeth was probably one of those people that you can only see her forehead on FaceTime. And you have to say, Elizabeth, move the camera. I want to see your face. It's FaceTime, not forehead time. Yeah. Does that happen to you? I'm not talking about my mom, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Your mother's not named Elizabeth. No. Okay. So, but it was a big deal, and it's it's always considered a really beautiful sign. On one hand, that Mary, who was just told that she's going to give birth to the Savior, yeah, doesn't worry about herself so much. She immediately puts her attention on someone else. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't, especially what it took to travel in those days. It's not like you just hop in the car and go for a little trip. Right. I mean, this was a major undertaking, right? The distance from Nazareth to that part of Judah, I want to say, I'm, I'm estimating 50 miles. Okay. But again, in the car, not a big deal. Walking. That's, that's a long trip. Yeah, right. I could do that in two days. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Oh, I could. 25 miles a day? I have. These boots are made for walking. Yes, good walking shoes help. The uh, Then the other thing, the other reason why it's so important is it also is, in Luke's gospel, a connection mm-hmm. between John the Baptist and Jesus. Right, we're, get, we're getting ready, honestly, for what was to come in, the, in chapter 3 that we read the last two weeks, yeah. right? We're making the connection here in chapter 1. So let me just say, why, why do you think the, the church, as it picked scripture readings for, for the Sundays of Advent, chose to do it in this sequence? What's the significance of chapter 3 and then chapter 1 leading us into Christmas? Well, the, the real story of redemption takes place not at the birth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the birth announces it, but the real story of redemption takes place from Jesus as an adult. So uh, when John... In, cha- in a second Sunday and third Sunday of Advent, says uh, there's one who's coming. Yeah, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. He's he really is putting attention on Jesus coming as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so the church says, okay, 
that's really what we want to keep our mind on. Sure. It's not just Jesus as a baby. But then it does go backwards and say, but he also truly became a human. We don't want to overlook the birth because the birth is such a reminder that God dwelt among us as one of us. Mm. Uh, incarnation theology is profoundly uh, inclusive of what it has done to humanity. It's not just God comes among people, but people are raised up to a new reality. Mm -hmm. It's like humanity can now be the dwelling place of God. God dwells as a person, so all persons can now be the, the vessel for divinity. Mm. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So it's it's our story too. It's not just a story from the past. Sure. It's also interesting though, I'm just thinking that they chose this story, this the second part of Luke 1 with her going to visit Elizabeth rather than the Annunciation that we heard on the Immaculate Conception. Because to, to some minds it might say, oh yeah, well that makes sense. Before Christmas we're going to hear the angel coming to Mary and saying, guess what? Maybe it's the last line when Mary's, uh, Elizabeth says, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to the Lord to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Mm. Christmas is about believing and it's about fulfillment. Mm -hmm. It's about fulfillment that the promise made to Mary to be the mother, the announcement made to Mary to mm -hmm. be the mother and the promise made to humanity that God would save his people. Yeah. That is being fulfilled. And uh, I think we'd have a wonderful thing to meditate on all week because we have a little bit longer fourth week of Advent than some years. But maybe, maybe the question too is because God is, God is not merely historical. God is present and future. So what is being fulfilled in us now? Oh, of course. That yeah. God has promised. And that, that's the work of the homilist. So we have to do our homework. We have to know what the message is in the first century. We also have to know where people are, struggling in the 21st century mm -hmm. and we have to be able to help people speak to that and how the scriptures speak to that and and more than ever you know the last almost two years now have been a time of struggle for people in many ways and so the promise to be fulfilled sometimes you just have to have, hang on to something i don't know how many times people have told me uh, since covid and primarily referring to our streaming, although sometimes they've also been saying the podcast, would you believe? Uh, sometimes tolerable. Some, tolerable. Sometimes uh, they're referring to the bulletin or other things we do at church. But definitely with the streaming of mass, people have used the, used the word, it has become a lifeline for me. Hmm. And I think of a lifeline both as the person who has fallen into the water and the waves are you know, high and, or the, the, the tide is pulling them out yeah. and somebody throws them uh, a boy with a, a rope on it. Sure. It's a lifeline mm -hmm. that they can hang on to. I also think of lifeline almost in the medical sense, you know, that sometimes, you know, my own mother had to be on oxygen the last couple months of her life, mm. uh, pretty consistently. And it had a long cord, a tube, but it was sort of a tether. It, you know, it was a lifeline for her, but it also prohibited her from just going anywhere she wanted. Yeah. 
so, so sometimes we think about that during this pandemic that the church has been a lifeline. We don't, but, but it's not the same. It's not like being fully free and coming and celebrating on your own. We don't have a lot of things that tie us down physically anymore, right? Because everything is so mobile and, and wireless. Yeah. So that's a good image. I had a I had a piano student a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the room that her piano lesson is in had a a phone jack on the wall. This is an eight year old girl, yeah. and she said, "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, that's that used to be for a phone. You'd plug it into the wall." She goes, no way. <laughs> I said, yeah, you would plug it into the wall and then it would have a cord and then you would have to like stay close to the wall while you're talking on it. And she said, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, well, no, no concept whatsoever. But actually, you're right. That whole idea that even people who uh, still use, um, let's say they use their laptop at home, yeah. where they, they could have them plugged into the cable or something, mm -hmm. but they don't. It's everything wireless. So I can be working on something at my desk, and then I can carry the whole laptop to the dining room table. Sure. And, and we, we so take it for granted. Or I even think about, I love the marvel of renting movies now, that it's a click of the remote, and you can watch whatever you want. But I think, too, about as a kid, it was an event to go to the video store and to pick out the perfect VHS and, and tape. And this, this shows a generational difference. Going to the the video store, the first time that happened for me, yeah. I had to ask how, how it worked. You're trying to figure out if you had the right equipment to play it? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, how do you get a movie and how, how long do you get to keep it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> VHS, uh. so good. But these these are you know these are important things. It, it the the I, the image of the lifeline though to take us back to the conversation that we had last week because I think this extends that image even a little bit better is what or who is the lifeline connected to? And so last week we talked about you know that in our ministry hopefully the ministry here at our church in our community our lives points to Jesus. Hopefully the lifeline that we provide to people is connected to the Lord and not, again, to just a person. Or, you know, the per person who tunes in because I like the, the video work. Right. Yeah, whatever it may it's be. It's easier to watch. Sure. One of, one of the things I've told a few people is I think not just our parish, but the Catholic Church in general has taken a bigger hit during this pandemic than some of the other churches because we are not just a liturgy of the word church. Mm. We are a liturgy of the Eucharist. We believe in the assembly, not just quote unquote congregation, mm -hmm. which could be like an audience. We believe in the assembly as being a dwelling place of Jesus. We believe the word is proclaimed in a dwelling place of Jesus. And we believe in the Eucharist as a dwelling place of Jesus and the the whole concept of being present at Calvary at the the great act of redemption on the cross when we celebrate Mass. Mm -hmm. So it yes, you can watch it, and even if it's well done, you can emote with it. But to truly experience it, the Catholic Church need, requires attendance. Sure. It. I mean, I don't mean it requires in the sense of sin or not sin. I'm I'm saying the nature of who we are. You have to be there. I don't know if you've ever 
ever done that where somebody finally said, I guess you had to be there to experience it. Yeah. Yet you have to be there to know what, what's really going on. And nobody ever wants to feel like they missed out. You don't want to be the one that missed it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, back back to this idea of God fulfilling promises in our time. I, I think a lot of people have asked, so how has God moved through these last two years? Right. Where has God been in all of this? That's a heavy duty question to ask. Um, back in nine eleven this year, which was twenty years after the actual event, they did a lot of twenty year retrospective, mm-hmm. and I found myself thinking, "How are we going to look at the this pandemic twenty years out?" Mm. And I don't know if I'll be around. Oh, I hope to, so. To well, I hope I am too. <laughs> to think about it or even ask the right questions. Who am I going to do a podcast with? If we're still doing this 20 years from now, uh, that's going to be barely tolerable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but the reality is we, I don't have the luxury of just waiting 20 years. So we start looking at what's going on. And it's, it is the actual virus itself. It's the sickness. We know that people have struggled. People are, some people who have survived are different for life. People have lost loved ones. So there's all of that. In addition, though, there's been the economic upheaval there's been a divisiveness. There's been a lot of isolation. And w- with isolation comes a different attitude about yourself and about other people. Mm-hmm. How can we be a community when people are um, unable to be in touch with each other? Yeah. And, and, and it's not just remembering to send cards or notes to each other, but also to somehow enter the experience of another person. Community takes work and time, and it's not just quality time, it's also sometimes just quantity time. You have to hang out together. I remember when this started, I made a very intentional decision to reach out to people, because let's be honest, we all thought, oh, this is just gonna be you know a few weeks, a few months, and then we'll get back to normal. So I, I made a conscious choice to call people, text people, check in, but I would say even that intentionality behind my my relationships with people, whether it was people here at church or friends or family, whatever, whoever that may be, um, it dwindled quickly. Uh, and kind of looking back on it now, I, I wish I would have kept that up just because you never know when somebody needs just to hey, say, hey, I'm thinking of you. How's it going? You know, just a, a simple act of kindness. You know, one of the things that I've taken from the last two years I think I'm still incredibly in awe of what we have learned about viruses in our bodies. And, you know, even with this new Omicron variant and they talk about all the spike proteins and the way that our antibodies and T cells interact with it. And I just hear scientists talk about all of this and I'm just incredibly in awe of what they do and what we like, what God has revealed to us through science. I think it's incredible. Just an absolute incredible. Feat. So you're giving a shout out to science. I think, it, yeah. yeah, and but to also, I, it also makes me more in awe of God, right? Because oh yeah, I don't think it's an either or. I think a good scientist always knows that we don't control it. Yeah, and I think sometimes we don't like to be humbled. Mm. I don't want to say humiliated. I want to say humbled. We don't like to be humbled and say there's something we can't have a quick fix on. Well, and back to Mary and Elizabeth. Talk about being out of control and and being humbled. I mean, their whole lives are changing. Everything's yeah. changed, and it and somehow they innately know 
this is bigger than the two of them. Yeah. The world is going to change and that somehow they are part of it. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is a humbling thing when we admit like we are an instrument in God's plan. Yeah. One of the songs that we are, are singing this weekend is one of my favorite songs to do during Advent. And, and those of you that have been at the parish for a long time will know it well. It's, it's called Let It Be Done. Right, not let it be, not the Beatles, and, and not let it go, the, not Fro- Elsa. <laughs> okay, let this it is, be done. Yeah. I like that one. And the verses take us through Mary's fiat. It takes us through Joseph and what he must. By have. the way, you used the word fiat, F I A T, yeah, which is Latin for let it be done. Let it be done. Yeah, thank thank you. Uh, and then you know the whole idea of of Joseph and what he must have been experiencing through this whole story. But then the third verse takes us to us, right? And talking about when we hear the voice of God, that we can proudly and boldly say, yes, Lord, let it be done in me according to your word as well. So it has the historical context, but also is what we've been talking about here with the present of Elizabeth's words. You know, blessed are you who believed that was what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And now, maybe at the end of Advent, that's the message that we really need to hear. And we say that phrase in the Lord's Prayer every single time we say, uh, thy will be done. I think that's the, the that's part of any real prayer. Mm. It's always thy will be done. Which is easy to say. Well, we can always say, God, this is what I want, this, this. So, sort of like a Christmas wish list. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. Sure. So, My grown-up Christmas list. That was a song, Amy Grant. Circa 1990-something. You're older than I thought. <laughs> you're older than I thought you were. That should be our next church song. Instead of <laughs> you're, you're bigger than I thought you were, you're older than I thought you were. Hey, thank you to everybody who has listened to us in their own personal preparation for Christmas. Uh, hope, hopefully this was tolerable for you, and uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to keep podcasting, so we'll have to come, the Holy Family and the Epiphany. There will not be a specific episode for Christmas, however, but... I think you know that story. Amen.